So everybody had a good week. Yeah, pretty good week. I was uh, working with a fellow that was putting in his putting in an addition and that's helping with his puttings and the block work. It's not really a young, robust, 26 years old, strong as an ox, gunful for life, and getting ready to probably start his family Mary. I had a really, this battle just several days ago, actually. Boy, you know, I'm just thinking, this, this something about this guy, I, I, need, I, I need to say something, Lord, what should I say? You know, well, just, just be patient, just be patient. Give you opportunities, at least. You know, working with people, you really get to know a lot of true colors sometimes when you're under stress or under, Things don't always go exactly the way you plan it. Um, so we're just going along there. And um, so I had a little, I say, do you pray? It's a big, that's a bomb. Do you pray? Um, he said, well, uh, not as much as I have. I said, not that much. You know, it's, you know. It's, it's, I said, it's okay. You know what? I said, God wants to talk to you. And I think he said, I think that he was talking, he was showing us even the other day when we were laying out, it wasn't squaring up with the old house, it was out of square, and we were struggling a bit. So we left it, we just kind of went, let's go back, let's come back in the morning. And um, he had worked on it some more that evening by himself, and every stake, at least two, three of them was right on when I pulled measurements the next day. How does that happen? I mean, right on. And he's thinking, like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? This and we were, like, clicking. I think the Lord, he said something. I think the Lord helped us. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so people are, you know, I don't, you know, my, one of my first, I'm trying to learn, I don't bring up the church. I don't bring up a denomination. I don't, I tend to, just talk about relation. Just talk about Jesus. Just talk about, you know, God. Talk about how you talk to him. Talk about, you know, is he personal to you? People can't argue with that, really. It's fun, right? It's just fun to be the salt and the light. I, you know, whether he comes to the church yet or not, that, that's okay. I want him to talk to Jesus. And so I'm going to have an opportunity again this week and pray for the pastor. Hey, I just think something. I want to plant some seed with this guy. I want to, I want to give him some. Here's what came to me this morning. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they will labor, labor in vain. And it's vain to rise up early and go to bed late, eat the pain of breadful labors. What is it saying? You can't do it by yourself. You can, but you're... You're biting off a handful, right? God loves families. God loves people. You're one of them. You're one of his critters, if I can say that. You're one of his kids. If you have Jesus in your heart, he's, he's got great plans for you. 
And I believe that the devil wants to mess with it. And he was messing with Paul and messing with this ministry to Thessalonica. And he said a couple times he had intention to be there with him. But the enemy thwarted, thwarted, messed with his plans. Maybe he got sick. Maybe he was captivated, you know, taken captive, thrown into prison. It was always something. Ministry work is hard work, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And we see that Jesus spoke, if you're going to put your hand to the plow, how many remember the old walk behinds? Come on, come on. That's a long time ago. Well, that's the idea. You put your hand to the plow, you don't start looking back because pretty soon your fertile is going to be going every direction. You talk to farmers that before they had GPS, right? Is that the right? One time I said GPH in the old church, my first church, and they all started laughing. What I said was gospel publishing house. I meant GPS, you know, global positioning, whatever, service. They can time in a, they can set, uh, set that tractor so it'll just drive perfectly. Or they can set a laser up and a dozer will blade will operate it perfectly. God wants to be on a, in tune with us. God wants us to be in tune with us. And we fix our eyes. We are not, we're not always catching everything. I'm sure we, we fail, we stumble, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's sometimes two steps forward and then we figure it out, we need to go back, start, you go a little different angle here. But one thing's for sure, whatever God has said in his word will come to pass. We can build our life on that. We can build our life on a foundation that is Jesus himself who never changes. He's not moody. Oh, boy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants you to have the same steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So Paul never gave up. If he didn't get there, someone else could get there. And he'd pray through that God would send someone, so he sends Timothy. I'm kind of reminiscing back over the first Thessalonians. We've talked, we've, we've studied a bit through these chapters we talked about how um, Paul said, I hope my labor is not in vain. Have you ever did something that turned out to just be in vain? Hopefully not too often. We like to have reward. We like to have something return. Farmer plants a seed with faith, expecting a return. So it is with church work or planting the seeds of God's word into people's life. You never know when the help of the Holy Spirit may bring a return on that. You may never get to see it, but you'll get the reward in heaven. It's all that matters. It doesn't really even matter. I don't even think about the reward. Jesus is enough. 
to my my thinking, you know, we're gonna get we're getting ready for heaven, folks. That's what that's the goal of kingdom work is to help people get ready for heaven. To help people be ready for when he calls us. For the day will come and no man will work. It'll be too late. But oh, when Jesus said he was coming and he will be coming, he didn't mean to go build a tower or stay on the mountain and look and watch and wait that. What he was meaning is he mean to watch in your spirit. Watch over your heart. Watch the signs. Watch uh, uh, not be caught up in this world and it catches you off guard. And so the question that came about in the church of Thessalonica was this. What happens to those people that die in the Lord before the second coming, before he comes back? And so Paul now addresses this subject of verse 13, fourth chapter, first Thessalonians. And he speaks toward this. And some of us would know this as one of the 16 fundamentals of the assemblies of God as what? The blessed hope. Hope. And so we'll see why that is. Verse 13 answers that. We do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. I love this because it's asleep. The body is asleep, not the soul. The body is asleep. The spirit or the soul goes to be with the Lord. That you may not grieve. He didn't say that you shouldn't grieve, but you do not grieve as those who have no hope. It's healthy to grieve. There's a, there's a need. There's, we are built. We're made so that when we have lost, uh, we can show emotion. We, can, we need to vent. We need to cry. We need to bear each other's burdens. But it's a hope that goes beyond the natural that goes into the supernatural, that goes beyond the, what we see. It goes on into the eternal realm that what we're going to believe now as Jesus spoke about the resurrection. He is the resurrection. He is because of his resurrection power. But did you know that the Old Testament saints believed in a resurrection? Job talked about a resurrection. You'll find it. It came early on in the scriptures. A resurrection day. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So he's, what he's saying is because Jesus died, because of his death, but not only his death, his resurrection. Because he conquered death. The last enemy, it says took it, and he just conquered it, came back. In fact, when he came back, you know, it was a wonderful power. Something about this Jesus, 
He's a resurrection. He rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. In G- Notice that, that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Now catch this. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, by which we re- those who remain and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. In other words, if we are alive, when Jesus catches away the church, the dead come out of the graves, they go first. It's like God is honoring those who have passed away first. They were sleeping in the ground, and now they're back to life. The Lord himself, I love this verse 16, because this is the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. What will he say? I don't know for sure. Maybe it'll be something. Come up. Come hither. It's time. With a shout. With a voice of the archangel. With the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Notice. Meet the Lord in the air. This is not to be confused with second coming. The Lord's second coming, he comes down to the earth with his people, with his armies. To fight. To establish the kingdom and usher in the millennial reign of a thousand years. This is a catching away of the church. This is going to happen quickly, suddenly. We don't know when. We don't know the day or the hour. But how should we live then knowing this is going to happen? Here's the point. I want us to leave this place. My, my goal is with the help of the Holy Spirit is that we will be motivated to live our life in such a way because there's an expectancy. The church is to live with this expectancy. At the same time, we don't know. We plan, we make our, 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 we, we make our living, we put away for the future, but we don't bank on that. Our real home, our real reward, The real reserve is in heaven for you and I. And we were never meant to become so comfortable like Lot's wife who wanted to go back to Sodom. Her heart was in that place. She she couldn't stop herself from turning back. Oh, that we may never get so comfortable in this life, in this old world, that we lose sight of heaven's real, the real place is our destiny, is eternity with Jesus. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to have a foot that's kind of loose to this ground, kind of a loose grip on this old world. 
I don't want this world to have a tight grip on me. I tell you what, I think the time is getting close. How close are we? Unbelievably close. You, you see it across the news. You see Israel watching. Is, watch Israel. Watch how when Jesus talked about, and this is the second coming. So now, if, it's, if the second coming, Jesus talked about. When the nation's surrounded, he's getting close now to the great tribulation. And we've, we've kind of been taught, believed that sons of God have always taught pre-trib rapture. And Carrie and I, we adopted our own sort of kind of in a funny way. We just call it pan-trib. It'll all pan out in the end. You know, I don't know if we can all, anyone can really say this is exactly the way it's going to be. Maybe there are a few that are convinced about that. And that's okay. Let's not let our different opinions or views divide us. Let's keep looking for Jesus. We know it's going to happen, how and all, and all the details will happen just exactly the way he wants it to happen. And we are called to just be looking for him. Just be ready. So how are you ready? The first thing is you ask Jesus to come into your heart. That's the first problem that we have, isn't it? We need to have a heart change. We need to have a heart that's converted, that's, that's transformed, that he now lives in your heart. He dwells in your heart by the help of the Holy Spirit. He has given to us to live out the lifestyle that Jesus himself lived out. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. That's a lot of power. We can say no to the flesh with the help of the Holy Spirit. The comfort. You see, whatever, you just let, help you understand. These people were under the thumb of the persecutors that were coming against because now they had converted. Now they've become Christians. Now they actually, some of the religious folks say, you're an enemy. And false teachers, on and on and on and on and on. They were beaten. They were tortured. And we have a host of people in our world today that are being martyred, tortured for the cause of Christ. It's good news to think about it, that he's coming. And he's going to take you out of this suffering. He's going to take you out of this sinful, wicked world that we live in, and then we're going to live with him forever. So we're going to be caught up. We're going to be captured up, raptured up. We're going to be brought home to be with him. And the scripture said, we shall see him as he is. One of the greatest things I look forward to is to having the ability to see God. Because right now, I can't do that in this, this body. I won't be able to live. He's so holy. But we're going to be changed. That's why we need to be changed. So that we're fit. That we have a heavenly body fit for his heaven above. Verse, chapter 5 really uh, speaks to what I would say would be more of uh, toward the second coming of the Lord, but it, it's dealing with 
prior events. Uh, he calls it, verse 2, day of the Lord. Don't confuse that as just as if that's just one day. That's just part of it. So day of the Lord could uh, be an extended period of time uh, prior just catching in the way of the church, uh, then possibly moving into the great tribulation. All through seven years of great tribulation. Note that the last three and a half uh, increased tremendously. If you read the book of Revelation, last part of the book of Daniel, you'll understand that this whole uh, uh, mankind is being wiped out by the judgments of God. It'd be a wonder if anyone would be left that the scripture says, but because of God, basically his mercy, he stopped it short. And so we look at this passage and say, while they are saying peace and safety, let me back up. How many remember the movie Like a Thief in the Night? Kind of back in the 70s? That was the movie that scared your socks right off you. If you were a kid like me then, and I think I watched it, oh my. You got right with God after you watched that movie. You didn't want to be left behind. If you ever remember growing up and if you were taught this and you were a young child and all of a sudden you couldn't find your mom and dad, you remember that? Yeah, you're shaking your head, yep. And you thought, what in the world? The rapture happened and I'm left behind. Terrifying. Friends, it's going to happen. May we never miss it. We don't, we can have the assurance of salvation. Let me just explain this. You don't have to walk in fear. Yeah, I believe you can have the assurance as First John speaks to it. He who has the Son has the life. It's not based in how I feel. My salvation is not based in how I feel. I'm not getting my salvation by how good I'm, I'm, I'm living. If I feel convicted about something, thanks be to Jesus, because he's trying to make you what you ought to be. You're becoming what he wants. He, wants, he does not want your senses, your heart, to become dull to his voice. He does not want you to become, oh, kind of nonchalant, kind of just brushing off his voice. But he's dead serious about getting you to understand who he is and wanting you to walk with him. So this whole idea, like a thief in the night, should not ever be a problem for the believer, for the one that's truly walking with him, because we're not going to be caught. Uh, it's not going to happen to us like a thief in the night. Because we're going to be out of here. We're going to be ready. We're ready to go. But those who are left behind, all of a sudden, what happened? It's just like a thief in the night. You've been robbed. Have anyone had anything stolen ever? Kind of a sickening feeling. Hit. Uh, 
by your blind side, so to speak, or feel violated, you feel... just kind of sick inside. Verse 3, while they're saying peace and safety, this is... This is what I would say. This would have something to do with, oh, whatever that church people over there, they don't, they, they're kind of fanatics. They do whatever. Uh, uh, everything's fine. Everything's will be, it's always been. And they go on. It's sort of like out of, you read the book of Jude. And the rebellion that the state of the world, the community was in, was that this is never going to happen. We have peace. And it almost reminds me of that. Will, will there be a period? Will, will, the, will, there, will there be a period in our history when our world leaders will see, be announcing we got peace? I have a sense. This is what he's alluding to. When they're saying peace, it's everything. We're all at peace with each other. We believe whatever you believe is okay. We're at peace. No, we don't, we don't have any differences. We don't, we don't want to rock the bill. And all of a sudden, the enemy, the Antichrist, and that's into the second book of Thessalonians. I think we might keep going with this. So the Antichrist sets up his rule. He deceives people. So this is coming, this is all a part of the day of the Lord. I love this. I skipped over the birth pangs. You, you ladies who've had children understand what that's all about. It's sudden. It comes, it kicks in. Verse 4, but you, brethren. What is he saying? But you, you, brethren, you, believer, you. You're in the fold. Thief in the night for people who don't know God, but it's not a thief in the night for people who know God. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you like a thief, for you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. Let us not sleep as others do. He's not talking about your physical sleep. Everyone needs some sleep, right? Did you get your sleep last night? The sleep that he's talking about is a spiritual, a sense of, of are you walking with God? Are you, are you listening? He who has an ear, Revelation says, let him hear. Well, I've got to work on this hearing. God is always trying to speak. Am I Wanting to hear. Don't be as others who are sleeping. And I would dare say that the church in general across America needs to be awakened. We, we need to, and it may take some things. It perhaps needs, we need to be shaken. We hear news reports, killings, shootings. Kind of just, we get used to it. But oh God, help us. Help us to be the church. Help us to be the people that take it to the Lord in prayer. 
that believe God. These are the last days that we are living. Jesus spoke about the things that, that would come on the earth, that would become something like people's hearts would grow cold and fall away. And the revelations spoke to one of the churches and just said, I wish you were either hot or cold. Don't be in the middle of lukewarm. Be on fire for God. My wife's uh, uncle who passed, I don't know, it's been a long time. He was one of the preachers of, uh, preached uh, Pentecostal preachers who walked in his day to certain preaching points. Fred Gottwald, have you guys ever heard of him? I think you've probably heard of him. Booming voice, had a voice that he didn't need a microphone. But he would say this, go all the way out for God. I can hear him say that, even when he was getting feeble in his older age and I was just a youngster. Something spoke and resonated. There was fire in his spirit. There was a fire about him. There was, a, there was something that was churning within that it moved your heart when he, when he spoke under the anointing. You wanted to respond. So, we are in a sense, to be shakers. I'm not saying foolish things. I'm stirring up the gift of God. Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together, but all the more as you see the final day approaching. What does that tell us? We see this stuff coming. We know that coming, we're coming to the end. We need to gather all the more and encourage one another on to keep the faith. Well, he goes on, he lists, he lists what the world does. He lists in verse 7, they're sleeping, in, uh, they're, sleep, they're asleep spiritually, they get drunk, they get drunk at night. He's talking about their lifestyle, he's talking about their paying no attention to God, they're just living their own life. But since we are, notice eight, verse 8, now we are of the day, let us be sober. He's not saying we walk around with no smile. He's just saying that we are alert. Our senses, our spiritual antenna is in, tu is in tune with God. And when he says speak, you speak. And when he says don't speak, you don't speak. That's, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about here. This is the life we live. It's an adventure to, to walk with God. This is an adventure. There is no boredom. I don't believe God wants us to be bored. I don't think he's a boring God. He has so much in plan. So he comes down to this. I want to wrap my heart around this verse and I want to cling to this because God has not destined us for wrath. Right there. God has not destined us for wrath. God has not destined you for destruction. God has not but obtaining salvation 
through our Lord Jesus who died for us that whether we are awake or whether we die before he comes or we die and then we go to be with the Lord and our bodies caught up with us later, it all works out in the end and we're going to live with him forever and forever. And so Paul ends up in this fifth chapter he just kind of builds it, builds their hearts up. Live in the peace with one another. I urge you, don't be faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with all men. See that no one repays another with evil. In other words, live like Jesus did. And he boils it all down. Verse 16, rejoice always. What a, what a theme. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is the will, God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul, notice spirit and soul and body, be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. That's a wonderful little start, you know, just fiery nuggets. And he's firing into our soul to catch this. This is the way we ought to live. We ought to live being ready. Ready whatever and wherever. What do you want to be doing when the Lord comes? You ever thought about that? What do you like to be doing? I think I'd like to be preaching. I don't know. I just, I don't know for sure. It doesn't really matter. One thing's for sure I want to be living for. Just living, walking with him. You know, you know the Old Testament Enoch story? What a guy. Enoch, we don't know a lot about him. He said he walked with God. And God took him. God took him. There's all speculation about Enoch and, you know, the other guy, Elijah, Elijah, who was caught up. That's speculation. Maybe them are the two guys that come back and preach, you know, and during the great tribulation time, and possibly, possibly. I'm open to that. I, 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 I can't prove that. But it kind of makes sense. Pointed on the man who wants to die. Very well could be. What is it for us? What does it mean for us? If you walk with God, you're going to walk right into heaven someday. You walk with God here, he walked with you. And it's going to be something just. I believe it's going to be, oh, we're home. Oh, my goodness. We'll never want to come back to this old world. We'll come back to it when it's different. A new heaven, a new earth. I'm giving you a lot of stuff here to chew on. And it's all in the Bible. It will all come to pass. We are just getting started in the things of God. There is so much to live, to look forward to. Don't give up. Finish strong. Fight the 
good faith. Keep the faith. And though you may have days where you feel like you're useless or you're weak and you're wondering why are you here, God is still working. And you are still here for a reason, for whatever. If you don't know, it's just to bring glory and honor to his name, and you may have opportunity before the day's over to share the word of God to someone else.